RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Good morning. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church, Closing the Distance, another chapter of Closing the Distance, where we unpack a little bit of what behind the scenes of the sermon, sermon series that we're going through each week. This sermon series is really about generosity, and we're uh, you have kind of unpacked Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, which seems kind of an odd choice for generosity in a whole lot of ways, but it's been it's been really fascinating and really interesting. So again, for those who haven't watched before, just give us a little background about what we're doing in generosity and then maybe why you chose Nehemiah as, as a foundation for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question, Dan. So um, generosity, you know, in mainline Presbyterian churches, it goes by the name of stewardship sometimes, um, giving, uh, you know, come in a, a bunch of different ways, but it's a way that we ask our church members to make financial commitments to what they plan to give the next year. And that allows the leadership of the church, the elders in a Presbyterian congregation, to discern how we are going to use the resources that people plan to give in the following year. Uh, and so just because there's all sorts of things that need uh, to start in planning before uh, the next year comes. And so this when people give uh, their commitments to what they estimate they'll financially give, it allows us to proceed and move forward. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things. People's job situations can change. If you're on commission, if you can sell more, you might be less. We're going to get new members. Uh, folks may pass away. I mean, there's changes that are going to happen, so it's never written in stone. And I try to tell people that. I said, we're walking by faith, but not by sight. But this gives us, in general, a helpful way to uh plan for the future and so we asked people to do that um and then you asked uh why nehemiah not why nehemiah i mean people use lots of scriptures for generosity but this is the first time i've ever seen nehemiah kind of applied this way yeah so i'm not really sure <laughs> when the thought came to me but um you know this is my at rpc this is my my sixth or seventh generosity season you know and there's only so many different ways you can change it up when the general the message is pretty clear and, or the ask and the call to action is pretty clear and direct and it's the same every year and so i think it was emily dickinson that said once uh, uh tell the truth but tell it slant and i thought that this was kind of a slanted way to t get at the truth 
of that Nehemiah is doing the very thing that we're trying to do. He's want, he, there's a need. He needs to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. It's really practical. It's not sexy. You know, it's 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 brick and mortar. And how are we going to brick by brick build this wall around the city to protect it, to offer unity, uh, an identity to a community? And so I, as I was reading through the um, passages of Nehemiah, I was like, man, there's some passages here that really apply to what we're trying to do of, you know, raise money to do the work that we're called to do, pay the light bill, the HVAC system, the staff salaries, all these things. And it doesn't happen without resources. And I believe, just like Nehemiah believed it was essential to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem, and he believed in that calling and he was called to it. And that was, he was, he didn't get bashful about it. He wasn't embarrassed. I, I'm not a bashful or embarrassed about, and I know you're not either, Dan, about what we're trying to do in terms of uh, the operating ministry and the mission uh, that we're called to do. Yeah. So just before we unpack Nehemiah a little bit more, I, I mean, you're five, six, maybe seven, seven generosity seasons in. Have you ever been tempted to be like, well, we're just going to recycle one I did from five years ago because no one's going to remember that anyway? Or because, I mean, again, this isn't this is totally new. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm tempted to do it. And I think there's, you know, I think if I redid one, I would tweak it in such ways to hopefully make it better. Because I think I've learned a lot and I hopefully I've gotten better at communicating and envisioning uh, but Nehemiah came and I was like, Nehemiah, I've never preached on it. I've never really studied it that much. So I thought it'd be really fun. Uh, and I thought it would pique people's interest be like, what is he talking about Nehemiah for? Uh, so <laughs> hopefully it's worked. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been fascinating. It's a, it's a great book just to read, but then again, this is why the scripture is so fascinating. And, you know, the scripture says of itself, it's alive and active, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a story of exile and coming back and you know captivity and all those kind of things but here is a situation that's completely different than that in our modern times and yet there's so much that's still applicable because it's human life oh. you know and and leadership of nehemiah and we'll have the people kind of come together to do their bit and all those kind of things that you would think there's no way that this lines up or makes any sense applies at all to you know 2023 you know we're th talking three thousand years later yeah, but, absolutely. But here it is. It's fascinating. And I love these stories that like, because we think of the Bible as a religious book, a spiritual uh, book. And I love stories that like are deeply practical. They're not abstract. They're not in the spiritual realm. Uh, this has to do with like concrete, brick, mortar, shovels, you know, um, which family is going to build which part uh, yeah. Who's responsible for it. Who's going to give the resources to make it happen? Like, this is not abstract or in the pie in the sky spirituality. This is construction on the ground. I love it. It is. It's super pragmatic. And, and like I said, lists kind of who's going to donate stuff and who's building which section of the wall. And again, for a whole lot of reasons, that's fascinating to me. Like, why, first of all, why would anyone kind of record that and then pass that on generation after generation that this is holy scripture you know what what do you mean it's holy scripture some guy just kind of hammering nails in a wall or putting brick and mortar together how is this you know god's revelation to us and yet at the same time it's it's so powerful and telling for even our own age it's it's yeah you know yeah. but 
you got to wonder what the original author was going. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to record all the families. So this is what we did. Chapter three is basically the families and their response, specific responsibilities and who felt, you know, it's almost like you go into our historic sanctuary and you see the plaques on the wall. It's kind of like, okay, here's the little plaque for so-and-so and here's the little plaque for so-and-so. So they, they feel like they, they did their part and it's been recorded for posterity's sake. Yes. Yeah. And I love it that like the, Nehemiah wants to acknowledge who did what yeah. and that they have played an important role and ever and to, and I love that the, the 32 verses of chapter 32 or sorry chapter three is when you finish it you're like huh and if you pay attention you see that it finishes where it began and then yeah. it's like oh yeah this each family took their portion out and made a circle around the city of Jerusalem and if any one family said, nah, I'm busy, I can't do it, I'm not ready, I, then the, the wall would not have been complete. And a wall is only so good if it's if it's secure and it's it's unbroken. Um, right. I love that fact that each family had to do their part. And I think that's the kind of thing we have to do. Each each people, each person, each family doing their part in the work of ministry. So all of us were impressed on Sunday by your ability to get through that list in 32, because there's a lot of, you know, names that are fairly unfamiliar to us. So that was that was impressive in and of itself. But but the thing that you were trying to highlight was the responsibility that each person had for the section of wall or their contribution immediately in front of them. Why do you think that's important? Well, I you know, that's I honestly like. Um, when I was reading the passage and kind of thinking about it, I was like, why would it, why across from where you live? And then I started thinking about, I just try to inhabit that world. And I, I mean, I didn't look, I don't know what scholars say or whatever, but I just, I was just using my intuition. I said, well, it's close by. The job site is right there. Like, and I think like, if, if it's right there, then you have less excuses you know, it's more efficient. You can get right there. You can get going. You can work later. You can start earlier. Um, and then also I was thinking, oh, you'd make sure you want to do a good job. I mean, <laughs> if you're building, if you're building like on the other side of town across from the Smith's house, you might be like, well, I cut a few corners, you know, water down that mortar. I don't need, you know, <laughs> the bricks right. don't need to be solid. Um, but if it's across from your house, you would have a vested interest in wanting to make it the best possible um, and so best possible wall. And I think uh, efficiency and kind of targeted efficiency is one reason. But also I think like self-interest and I, and I, I'm a human being, you know, I'm like, yeah, we want people to be gracious and generous, but we also understand people need to take care of themselves. They, they have their own, they want to take care of their kids. They, and so there's some self-interest. And let's just be acknowledge it and then engage it and say, you don't need to be apologetic about taking care of the practical matters of your family and your family's spiritual life, right. but let's engage that. And that's one more reason um, to be generous. So there's a lot of wisdom then in Nehemiah's leadership in that regard, that he didn't kind of assign people all over the wall. He's, I mean, like you said, they had a vested interest to make sure that, that the area immediately across from their home 
was solid and fortified so the enemies couldn't couldn't penetrate there you know and yeah. so that made a whole lot of sense so that that seems to be nehemiah's leadership like okay we all need to do this everyone's going to have to sacrifice and and give towards this but i'm going to make sure that they do it willingly not begrudgingly right so how do you transfer that then to our own situation, whether it's you are talking specifically about RPC or just, you know, any congregation that people might belong to? Where's our section of the wall? How do we determine that? Yeah. And so I think, well, in general, in the Christian tradition, you know, we talk about a tithe, right? A, a, right. To giving a portion of your resources, of your income back to the work of ministry. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament was 10%. I think, you know, it's, it's varies throughout time. I'm, I'm not a, a strict fundamentalist or literalist about that. I think I know of a lot of people that give more than 10%, you know, they're, they're called to be generous above and beyond that. And if you can do that, I think that's great. I think it's like, really, I, here's part of the thing, giving and being generous or being a steward of your belongings and your resources is a spiritual issue. And so engage with it as such. Pray about what is God calling me to give? Um, and, you know, what is I've been blessed with? How do I give out of that blessing? Um, you know, remember Jesus says the, the, the widow who gives the widow's mite, which is just a few pennies. He says she's given more than all the rich people that were giving around her because it was the spirit in which she gave. And so I think to say, okay, am I giving begrudgingly? Well, why, why am I feeling begrudging? Am I hesitating? Am I over-attached to my stuff, you know, my wealth? And so I think treating this season as if we treat a Bible study or a prayer group as a spiritual practice, I think is really helpful um, in discerning what God is calling us to give. And yeah. we would love everybody, you know, everybody to give um and 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 to commit to give and you know our congregation you know dan if you would have told me when i was you know coming through grad school thinking about being a pastor that i'd be responsible for trying to raise you know 4.5 5 million dollars you know a year that's just a lot of dough that's a lot of dough and you know it's we we, we don't have a lot of incentives um other than you know we're not giving out you know uh putting names on the sidewalk or, you know, giving you know, special gold stars out. We're asking people to give out of the generosity. And this congregation has been faithful for so many years and it's been really inspiring. Um, but also I know our staff, I know our leadership, we're running an efficient organization and making a big impact. Um, and so you're bang for your buck. I don't think you can give anywhere else. It would make as much impact as you make uh, through RPC. Yeah. I think the communal nature of the wall building that we see in Nehemiah is similar to the communal nature of kind of what we do here, you know, and, and similar. Like I give my portion, I work on my portion, but that has that has impact far beyond even the families within the home in the RPC's case. And we reuse this facility all the time for all kinds of mission partners and people are in and out of here constantly. And, and it's the generosity of our congregation and it's the willingness of of people in our congregation to sacrifice and work hard and be diligent and all kind of stuff that allows that to, to be used that way. And I think it's a similar kind of story that we see reflected in, in this story of Nehemiah. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking behind your uh, left shoulder there at all those 
Coach, yeah, this mess. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to my office. <laughs> so people bringing coats in. What is what are the coats for? Yeah, so every year about this time, we North Fulton Community Charities has a coat collection, a coat drive, new coats and and slightly used coats that then they'll they're going to distribute every year to families in need. You know, because all of us that have children know that every year the you know we think, oh, I just got you this coat. Well, a year goes by and it doesn't fit you anymore, and so that the constantly be replaced or things just kind of wear out. All those, all that, and so there's. Uh, I was at a board meeting last week and they have more requests this year than they've had in in probably the last five years for warm coats. And so they're actually feeling pretty short and a little little anxious about it. Wow. So, yeah, so uh, hopefully this pile helps. That, that should help some. That'd be, be I, I certainly hope so. Do you um, do you need do you want what if somebody has a coat to, they want to donate what can they yes, do with they it? can still bring them to the church up until sunday and there's bins in the hallways and every day i go out there and like oh here's more so i mean again this church is incredibly generous and you, you never know you may be walking walking down the street one day and say hey i used to have that coat <laughs> and it'd be a literal coat that you used to have but i these i mean there are you know as we all know uh, finances are tight for everybody. Uh, economics are, are difficult. Inflation has been challenging. And so people are struggling. So if there are things in a closet somewhere that are unused or you have some extra funds and you want to order some warm coats on Amazon and get them shipped to us, that we would love to do that because uh, NFCC is an incredible ministry. And, and right. next week, end of next week is when they're distributing all these coats and families actually have to sign up and then go. And then in a few weeks, as you know, you know we are hosting our church is hosting Toyland for NFCC families, so that that parents get to come in and shop for for their children for Christmas. And so, all of our Alderman Hall, all three parts of Alderman Hall, are going to be full of toys and bicycles and all that kind of stuff to allow these people to come in and shop. And you know, it's a it's a big ask for us, especially Avilo. Thank you, Avilo. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we're really grateful, one, that RPC sees fit to, to use our resources this way. And then we give them the families coming in a really warm and welcoming environment in order to, you know, to be able to celebrate the season and understand it's, you know, it's our way of communicating. It's not just about gifts. You know, it, this is we have been given a gift in in what Jesus came to do and, and the sacrifice that Jesus made in coming to earth. And so we continue to give and demonstrate that love to others. And so that's that's one of the ways we do it. So it's. It never ends here in mission outreach for sure. Right. But the, my office looks like this frequently, but this is a little extreme. If I had this in, in Donna's office, we wouldn't be able to find her. So that's why I, my, my room is a little bit bigger. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So just kind of concluding, Nehemiah, what, what can we expect? We have one more week of generosity. Are we finishing up Nehemiah? Yeah, I mean, the book of Nehemiah goes on for quite a few more chapters. We're going right. to wrap up in chapter four. and But Nehemiah gives, gives kind of a uh, big vision statement about what the point of it all is. Okay. And that's that's where I want to kind of draw us into. Let us, you know, get into the details of, you know, mission and all this stuff. But what unites us? You know, what what? You know, okay, we've been talking about commitments and pledging and monies and funding, but in the end, what is it all about? And I want to kind of raise that up 
uh, as we kind of conclude the generosity season um, with with a kind of of a summary statement of what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been fascinating. Those of us who've been in the church a long time kind of know late September, October, oh, here we go. It's pledge season or generosity season. And you can get a bit jaded. Yeah. Right. You're just like, oh, here's the church asking for money again. But again, it's not ultimately the church asking for money. It right. is us hearing from God, you know, how God desires to us to be generous and give and contribute to the whole community to help build the wall, to help sustain the ministry, to help share all the resources that God has blessed us with, with our neighbors, like this pile behind me. And so it's, you know, I, I have to remind myself, you know, about that as well. You know, just because I'm on the pastoral staff doesn't mean I think, oh, here we go again. Sometimes we do. And so I've, I've really appreciated you using Nehemiah, again, to bring a fresh kind of bend to this, what we know is coming. We know you, you can guarantee that this time next year, similar sermon series, right? But the way that you've used Nehemiah has been been really good. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Hopefully other folks have too. And I I don't want this season to be dour or like right. guilt driven, you know, like I think a lot of fundraising is that like it really is a spiritual time where we discern our are we appropriately related to our wealth and our resources and to discern how God is calling us to use them to do the work of ministry. Yeah. All right. So one final question before we wrap up, we are recording this. On Tuesday morning, October 31st. So everyone wants to know, like, your children, what are they dressing up as? And and if possible, if you can post some pictures somewhere so everyone can see, because, you know, your kids are really cute. And, <laughs> and we know that you probably haven't dressed them up, but we trust Courtney has done a good job in, in dressing them up well. Yeah, I'm not really the the dress-up costume guy <laughs> or person of my our related family. But our son is going as Captain America, good superhero. And then our daughter is going um, as a s'mores. <laughs> you have to explain, like, how, how are you dressing your daughter as a s'more? I, I mean, how's Courtney doing it? Let's be honest. Does she, Courtney, like, I don't know where she figured this out, but it's like, so for the marshmallow, she's got, like, this white tutu. And then below it, she's got this, she built this, like, cardboard that looks like it, it looks like a graham cracker and then and then on top then on her head she's got like it looks like kind of a graduation cap but it's it's a it's a graham cracker <laughs> <laughs> it's a little chocolate in there dude it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious although i don't know what my, my daughter i don't I think she's pretty suspect about having hats on her head so I don't right know. How long at that, that age often yes yeah yeah <laughs> well again we would love some photographic evidence posted somewhere if you get the chance on your facebook page or somewhere well, probably stuff on instagram see uh, rev myers or uh courtney kiros you can find us on instagram okay and that'd be good so are we, we gone walking tonight in the neighborhood like what do we how do we trick yeah, our neighborhood does kind of a, a a party kind of thing for an hour or two and then you do uh trick-or-treating so we're going around the neighborhood. We're, we're blessed to have a pretty safe neighborhood in terms yep. of drop. Um, are, are the parents dressing up? I'm not. I, I, I'm dressing as Jeff. <laughs> I was hoping. I wanted that. I'd like a picture of. Yeah, I've been. I, I've been pretty lackluster. I'm not a big costume guy. I just. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. But I, I mean, you, you look at, you make a good cat in the hat. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next. Yeah, there year. we go. I'll, I'll give some suggestions to Courtney. Yeah, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, Jeff, for this sermon series and for again unpacking a little bit of, of the story of Nehemiah and and how it reflects on our own our own time and our own experiences, particularly as we consider how God has blessed us and how God desires us to, to bless all those around us through that. So much awesome. appreciate it. It's been fun, Dan. Thank you. All right. See, See you. Soon. <laughs>